0: Put in mind so we know who we've got. We can find you if we need you. Amen. Amen. I sure will. Somebody's excited about New Beginnings Kids Ministry. Oh, amen, it's good to be here this morning. Um, Oh, I didn't give them my PowerPoint. You can go to uh, the Jesus Stories folder. Yeah, in Dropbox. Y'all getting all the secrets here. You see it? It may be on the... I came back here and that The happened. American flag <laughs> is a symbol of freedom and has been used for generations as a uh, guiding light for see. peoples all over the world. This symbol is a representation of the ideals of the United States of America and all those who represent this great nation. And so it is it imperative song, that we so show it the utmost respect. Right. The aim of this video is to demonstrate all the proper right, etiquette for flag usage and display as dictated by hundreds of years of mm-hmm. American tradition. And by chapter one of Title Four of the United States, he's gonna code, figure out where that extra music's code. coming from and we'll get that taken care of. All right, back where was In I conducting a flag raising um, ceremony. Uh, so is the truth is you don't have to have a PowerPoint to preach. So I preach without it, but you. it does help. What follows um, so, is so I wanna be able to get the, le- the, the verses c- up on the screen and let you let you be able to see those. Um, but it's 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 good to be here this week. It's for many of us it's been a long week. For me, the family, you've heard Roy and so many of them—they've been through a difficult week. Um, I'm not going to take a long, long time this morning. I do want to continue in our series that we've uh, that we've been in now for. This is the eighth week. Um, if you remember, I've I've done so. We've had seven. I've done six of them. Brother Adam did one of them. Did a fantastic job, and I so appreciated him stepping in for me one Sunday when I was gone. Uh, but we've been doing a, a, a series, and typically here, what I like to do is preach through a book of the Bible. And uh, we just finished up the book of Ephesians. I took it a Sunday morning at a time, and I think it took about six to seven months. But we preached all the way through uh, the book of Ephesians. And, and preaching like that, for me, it just uh, it, 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 it requires a deeper dive into what the Word is and uh, an understanding of context and who wrote it. And it also has reminded me over the last four years that I've done that Because when you're doing it that way, you end up preaching on verses that you normally, if you were just going to say, i got to preach somewhere Sunday morning, i got to pick some scripture. uh, A lot of those verses that you are forced to preach on, you would not normally study in depth and preach. But what I found as I've done it, that no matter what verse you come to, there is depth of truth and application of God's word in our life. Um, So it's been a real blessing. We've taken a little break from that as we're getting ready uh, for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Can you believe that's almost here? Uh, But we decided to do a a series called um, Jesus Stories, not stories about Jesus, but stories Jesus told. Stories called parables, stories that have a deep spiritual truth in them. He, He talks about some worldly thing, but at the heart of what he's talking about is a spiritual truth. And um, so we, we've taken uh, taken seven of those, we're on the eighth one this morning, and um, we're, we're looking in Luke chapter 13 is where we're going to be this morning in verses 6 through 9, and uh, this morning we're going to talk about a fig tree, just sounds riveting, doesn't everybody just showed up to hear about a fig tree this morning. When I was a kid, I have no idea why, and uh, I don't know if he still has it, uh, but we had it at my house in this big pot, it's one of these you know, like this type of pot, uh, ter- terracotta, look at that, I'm basically a gardener, um, this pot, and it was a tree, and, I, and my dad, uh, he he had this tree in this pot, and it was always, he'd move it around in our yard, different places, never really knew what it was um, until I got a little older, and I found out it was actually a, a fig tree, and it, it was something he had gotten small, and you know, we don't have a lot of fig trees around here, I, right? maybe anybody, Alan's got a fig tree. Jean's got one. We got a couple. So so he had one and uh he would every winter he'd move it into the building. He had it in that pot so he could take it in out of the weather because it was kind of small. Uh and to my memory, uh I I year after year after year it never would bear fruit. You know, was, he was taking care of it, caring for it year after year. Uh until finally I remember one year it did butt out and have one little fruit on it. And as I was reading this story, I was thinking about what Jesus was talking about. Fig trees are everywhere and, uh, you know, in, in Jerusalem and Israel. Uh, and this would be very applicable to the people that he was talking to. But he uses the fig tree as an example here as he tells this story. This is, you all think figs only come in Newtons, don't you? I was like, I didn't know it, uh, that's a fruit. I thought that was a cookie. Uh, that's that's kind of what it looks like. Um, let me read you this scripture then he told this parable a man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard and he went to look for fruit on it but it but did not find any so he said to the man who took care of the vineyard for three years now I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any sounded familiar to me cut it down. That was probably my opinion. Why are you wasting time year after year on this tree and you've not gotten any fruit out of it? Cut it down. He said, why should it use up the soil? And he said, sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. First, I want to give you the characters in this story. This is Jesus talking again Luke chapter 13. Then Jesus told this parable. Uh, a man, the man was uh, God himself, God the Father, God the creator of mankind, God the creator of earth, God the creator that has been forever and always, has no beginning and no end. This is the man. He had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went, and the vineyard, we'll call that this world we live in. It says, he went to look on the fruit on it, but it did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, so a vineyard keeper. uh, This was likely Jesus talking about himself, God the Son. For three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Now these parables, it's really easy to dive into the details, but Jesus didn't really teach them so that we could take every little detail and try to apply it to our life. There's a core message here that is at the surface of the story that we really want to get to. Um and, and this is this is at the heart what he's saying. I'm gonna start with the 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 end in mind so you can think about this as we go through. Uh you're all gonna be excited. It's a six-point sermon. <laughs> six lessons from the fig tree. Get ready. It's gonna be good, I promise. This is what he's saying. So he's speaking into the heart of each and every one of us. Men must bear fruit or they shall perish. Men must bear fruit or they shall perish. Because in the story the man is God, but the fig tree, it's you and me. We're the fig tree. God has come and he's looked on his vineyard and he's looked down the world and he's looked at these lives, he's looked at these fig trees and he's looked at them and he said, they're not bearing any fruit and the, the, the keeper says, well, they're not bearing fruit, let's get rid of them and, and God himself says, give them another year. What starts out as four simple verses, you see very quick and cut to the heart of who we are and how God feels about us and what he thinks about us. So let's take a few minutes, let's look. Uh, let's look first, an introduction to what it means to bear fruit. Uh, this is how one person put it. The presence or absence of fruit in the lives of those who claim to be God's people is an important issue in God's Word. Let me share some scripture. Matthew chapter 3, verse 8. Bring forth fruit in keeping with repentance. John records Jesus as saying, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me... And I in him, he bears much fruit. But this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit. That's in John 15, 8. Also in Matthew three ten. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I want to give you a little context first, because this is, what does it mean for us to bear fruit? It means good works. It means things that we, we do well. It means that in our lives it should, the things that are around us. If you walk, when I'd walk by that fig tree that was sitting out in the yard, how long did it take me to figure out if it was bearing fruit or not? I mean, you just look at it and you know this is what God is saying about our lives. It should be, if, if we've accepted Christ into our life, people who spend time with us it should be abundantly obvious the fruit that we're bearing the way that we treat people the way that we love people the way that we exist in our marriages the way that we exist in our families the way we exist in our in our workplace the way we manage our money the 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 ways we treat people when we first meet them all these things are the way that we can bear fruit uh James teaches us that you can bear fruit and have works without faith, though. And so I don't want you to get confused here before we spend the rest of the way. Uh, in Ephesians, it made it incredibly clear that first we repent and we invite Christ into our heart. And that is what makes us saved. And because we get saved, because we are the branches and he is the vine, that was the verse, then we should bear the fruit. Now, many of us will spend time running around trying to bear fruit, trying to do good works, trying to give money here, trying to do this there, help this person and that person, and do all the right things to work our way into heaven, and that is not how it works. Because to work yourself into heaven, you got to be perfect. None of us are. (laughs) We can't do it. I can't do it. I can't be perfect. I doubted this morning. I got frustrated last night. Uh, uh, You know, I thought things I shouldn't think. We mess up every single day. Not one person in here is above another person, except by the grace of Jesus Christ are we saved. So he says, take that into the context. This is for Christians. You should bear fruit. You should bear fruit. Six lessons from the fig tree. Y'all ready? Y'all ready for this? Yep, I got one amen. Truth about the tree. Six lessons from the fig tree. One, it was planted by the vineyard keeper. It was planted by the vineyard keeper. It it, it didn't just pop up by accident. Your life is not an accident. Actually, in the book of Acts it says, For in him we live and move and have our being. As certain also of your own poets have said, For we are also his offspring. Job said it like this, The Spirit of God hath made me, and the breath of the Almighty hath given me life. We are not an accident. You are not an accident. The keeper of the vineyard made you. Not only did he make you, he knew your name before you were born. He knows you so well. He knows how many hairs are on your head. Some of us, that's a short count. It ain't me. It's my father-in-law. He's not here today, so y'all can tell him I said that. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture the truth is first lesson is if you want to get if you want to figure out life and what the purpose of it is and 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 why we're just you feel like things are just bouncing around and there's no connectivity to it all the first truth the first thing we have to understand about this fig tree is that was planted there by God himself on purpose we like to say on purpose with a purpose The second lesson we find about this fig tree, and I love this one, uh, is that not only uh, did he plant us, but he gave us a keeper. (laughs) Not only did he plant us, not only did he make sure that we had life, not only did he breathe breath into our life to create us, But he sent someone to keep us, to help us, to take care of us, to water us. I mean, do you realize in your life right now, if if you're not a Christian, if you are a Christian, but if you're not a Christian, God is all around you, reaching out for you, searching for you, fertilizing your life. He's digging up around you. It says, give me another year. He's not, or she's not made a decision yet, but give me another year. This next year, I'm going I'm to dig around. I'm going to fertilize them. I'm going to send a person into their life. I'm going to send a situation into their life that makes them stop for a minute and think, wait. What about God? You know, Paul said uh, when he was struck down the road to Damascus, and, and, and the, God spoke to him, and he says, Paul, Paul, uh, why, why are you persecuting me? And I thought about, yeah, he was Saul then, uh, and God later changed his name to Paul. But it was Saul and he strung down and said, why are you persecuting me? And you got to remember Saul was thinking he was fighting for God. And so this was a minute, a moment's time where he went, wait. The, the God that I think I love and I'm trying to protect from Jesus is actually in Jesus. That was the Messiah. I can imagine all those thoughts going through his head. All of a sudden, like, oh, this is, this is something. He's, but God said, why is it so hard? Why are you kicking against the goads, is what he called it. In other words, Paul, Saul, I've let things happen in your life so you could see that I love you, that you could see that I know who you are, that I'm with you, I'm walking with you. One of those things might have been the time that Stephen was stoned, and it says Stephen's clothes laid were laid at Saul's feet. And he watched it happen, these things that happened into his life. God is our keeper. I shared yesterday afternoon at the, the graveyard that it says the Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want. It says we are the sheep of his pastures. We think we got to find our own food or find our own way. through life. We have a shepherd that guides us and directs us. And we have a keeper. That's two points in like five minutes. So, y'all feeling all right? You thinking you're going to get through it? The third lesson from the fig tree. Oh, I already said it earlier. Y'all getting away really good tonight. As obvious as it is whether a tree is bearing fruit, our lives will be the same. As obvious as it is whether a tree is bearing fruit, our lives will be the same. I'm not going to expound on that one the the fourth lesson from the fig tree um, we we find uh in this fig tree we find our purpose, and uh, if you're like me, I spent much of my life trying to figure out what is my purpose why am I here you know I ask all those crazy questions that that, that you ask um, and here we find the point of the fig tree to for the fig tree to to keep growing and, and to be trusted and uh, it, it needed to do one thing and it was bear fruit it, it, it needed to give its life we need to give our life to Christ this is our purpose that's where it begins And then we need to begin to bear fruit. We need to begin to serve and love and live out the life that Christ has for us. That we do have absolute purpose in life. We were born on purpose with a purpose. And I'll just be completely honest with you. Separated from God, your creator. You'll run every direction trying to find what that purpose is and never find it. And never find it. But it's anchored in this book. It's like the instruction manual, right? Uh, you know, uh, and you can get into debates about what version you use. You know, King James 1411, you know, a New King James Version, NIV, ESV, God. I mean, you just go down the list of all the different versions. And, and so no matter how you feel uh, about the Bible, and here's the, the truth, none of those versions are exactly perfect and right. Because this was originally written in Greek and Hebrew languages. So you, you, there's, I use multiple different versions, read and compare and try to go back to the Greek and figure out what is it really trying to say here. And so what, what I want you to understand is the, the original, as it was written in Greek and Hebrew, is this word revelation of our creator. This book that we have, these translations give us hope. It's like, you know, Christmas presents. They come in. You you get the instructions out to put it together. You're looking for instructions for your life. Go to the manufacturer. Go to the creator. This is the guide that tells us how to live our life. It gives us purpose. Fifth lesson. And it's the end of this. Oh man, this one kind of hit me. Uh, It's the end of verse 7 there. After the vineyard keeper says, cut it down. And he says this, why should it use up the soil? Why should it use up the soil? What's the lesson in that? It is absolutely possible. To waste your life. It is absolutely possible to miss all that God has for you. It is absolutely possible to miss heaven because God gave us free will to choose. I couldn't, I couldn't help, Adam's not in here, I couldn't help when, I, when God, when I, when I just I thought that, oh my gosh, that's what he's saying, he's saying that there's going to be some fig trees that they had their whole life and God had fruit for them to bear and purpose and thing to do and they never did, they wasted the soil that was around them, they wasted their life and Adam, just the last few months he's been saying, uh, oh, I can't remember, there's some line, I can't remember what movie it's from, football movie. High school football movie. Not remember the Titans. I don't remember what it is. I don't know if I ever even watched it, but he found the YouTube clip of it. But it was the, it was the guy's dad that went to high school there and he wanted to play football there and he was trying to get his dad, uh, he was trying to get his, his son, you got to play football here. This is, this is where I went to school and you got to play football. And, and, and the, the, the son just looks at him and says, I don't want your life. And so Adam's going around all the time saying that right now. So we're all saying, "I don't want your life." And I thought, and so when I thought, "Don't," I just kept hearing it in that voice: "Don't waste your life." In Adam's voice. So this, I don't even know who he's mocking, but don't waste your life. What do we waste it on? Our own selfish pursuits. Our own careers, our our own hopes and dreams, our desire for a good time. What what do we waste it on? We waste it on things that are not of eternal consequence. We get wrapped up in things that at the end of the day are just going to go up. In fire, they're going to rot. It's going to go away. And at some point we're going to realize we poured our whole life into things that don't matter in the long run. It is absolutely possible to waste your life. The six lessons we get ready to close. While we serve a God of of judgment and we see that. We see that at some point at some time it will be too late but we also see you can look back in your life at the times at the things at the ways that God gave you three years and he came back to look at your life and says is he bearing is she bearing fruit yet has she has, have they turned their life over to me yet and he said cause he loves you so much cause he loves us so much he says He's not, they've not done it yet, but don't take them out yet, don't don't take the freak tree out, give them one more year, throw some more things into their life, give them some more fertilizer, dig a little deeper, I believe they're going to come, I believe they're going to bear fruit. That's the God that we serve that has so much mercy and so much grace that doesn't care that you've been bearing your own fruit, doing your own things, going totally against everything he's ever taught. He does not care. When you come to a broken point of repentance in your life, when you realize all my sin, all the things I've done wrong, Christ went to the cross for He lived perfect. He lived perfect. And yet He went to the cross to die for you and me. And in that, we we sang earlier that He is our righteousness. That when we put our faith in Him, all the things, all the sins behind us are washed white as snow and in heaven, He's looking down and all He sees is the perfection of Christ. We have hope of heaven eternal. Not only that, he comes into our life in that moment and changes you. (laughs) You become a new being. You are spiritually born again. Not because you've tried harder, but because you've given your life to him. This morning, as we get ready to close... I want you to think, are there times that God has moved in your life in certain ways and you've ignored it, you've turned him away, you've turned the call away, you've uh, you've refused to surrender, you've chosen to continue to try to be your own God and decide your own way and find your own purpose. And all of a sudden you realize you're running on a treadmill and you're just out of breath and you're not getting anywhere and it's not fulfilling and it feels empty and you can't see uh, any light at the end of the tunnel. It feels like there's no hope, that. My friend, is where your heart needs to be for Christ to enter in. That is the broken soil we talked about last week. That is a fertile heart. When you become so broken and so weak that you know you need Christ in your life whatever you do today don't think oh he said I need to go start bearing fruit to make God happy I'm saying find Jesus people who really find Jesus they bear fruit not the other way around you'll see lots of people trying to look good and act good and you can do that without Christ in your heart Get Christ in your heart and trust him with your life. The six lessons, real quick. You were born on purpose. This big tree was planted by its keeper. It has a keeper. We are not in this and of this all by ourselves. We have someone that is with us that promised to never forsake us. That is our shepherd. It will be obvious in our life to those around us by the fruit that we bear. Our purpose is to bear fruit, is to worship God and serve God, find his purpose and will for our life and pursue it. You absolutely can waste a life and God's mercy is farther, bigger than we can ever imagine. Waiting for your faith, waiting for your trust. as we stand this morning for a song we're just going to take a moment give you a chance to respond i don't know where your heart is or how you're feeling